Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pop Culture Period Feast Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. And today we're going to talk about pop culture period piece and give it a pop culture period piece rating, super scientific. Uh, and <laughs> so, uh, but before we get into that, Julie, what are your recommendations? Oh my gosh. I literally was like peeing and I was like, I have to think about a recommendation. Did you, or were you too distracted urinating? Well, it was probably that I was too distracted. Um, no, here's the thing I did recently. Uh-huh. as recently as last night uh-huh. i went to an indie wrestling show Ooh. and it was so fun um and also it was at like a wide range like it was yeah. like kids adults mm-hmm. um that's it that's the range um but like the, 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 little, the only two <laughs> yep kids and adults it's, it's weird some of the kids didn't even have adults um like there was a little girl in her ballerina dress there so it was like sports fans, um, fans of just like shock value stuff because the you know the the heels um, mm-hmm. are you know come out there strong. But it was it was really fun, and you know I think that <laughs> we're always like support local theater, but you know local wrestling, local sports, local restaurants, like it's the same thing. So yeah. support local. Um, when I, I worked at a theater in Atlanta and on every other Friday nights, they had an independent wrestling show and I stage managed it for a few months. Fun bit of history, Laura trivia. Um, and it was really fun. Like the first time someone told me that I was like, oh, okay, that will be weird. But like, then you got to know the narratives and the storylines and, um, yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i highly recommend support your local uh wrestling independent wrestling uh, is it a troop <laughs> um gathering troop i was go- i had a thought and then i brand initiative I listeners let us know more. yeah or mike mike will let us know but listeners you can also let us know i'm gonna get some notes about this intro <laughs> yeah Mike will be like, how dare you? Um, <laughs> my recommendation, um, I'm stalling. Uh, oh, so I started watching, this is like, watch other, I'm, I'm in a big reality TV kick right now. And I've never been big into reality TV, but maybe it's my antidepressants working or my therapy or whatever. But I used to be, I love, used to love like dark stuff and like true crime. And, Mm. and I'm, my brain just doesn't want that space anymore. It wants a lot more fluff, which is hard whenever your whole life you've read like more macabre things. Like I don't understand I don't know how to find happy shows. So also listeners, if you have uh, I have one for you. <gasps> Ooh, okay. I have one for you called, have you do, did you ever watch American Vandal? No, I hear it's really funny. Okay. Well, cause it's true crime. Yeah. And it's also funny. Like it's, it's somebody like drew a dick on a car or something. Somebody drew a dick somewhere. And it's treated like a true crime documentary about like who drew the dicks. Oh, I mean, that's bad. 
I, I will watch that and I'll let you know. Um, the two that I have been watching are like, I've been watching a lot of like Australian reality TV mm-hmm. and I highly recommend, there's only two seasons of it, but it's Instant Hotel. It's where a whole bunch of Airbnbs like go to each other's Airbnb and then judge it. And then one that just dropped is called Byron Bay's, like B-A-E-S instead of Byron Bay. Uh, and it's about all these influencers and the drama that happens in Byron Bay. It's great. <laughs> just fluff, just pure marshmallow fluff. So Julie, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about Now and Then. Would you like to give a summary synopsis? I would like to give a summary. Um, I just Googled Now and Then film synopsis. Uh-huh. And I'm going to read this specific synopsis because I think even in the synopsis, there I have feelings about how the characters treat one of the characters. Um, <laughs> so it says, three strong women, Roberta, Samantha, and tiny Tina, Tini Tercel, return home to reunite with their childhood friend and see her through the end of her first pregnancy. The four lifelong friends share their memories of the unforgettable summer of 1970, the summer their innocent younger selves grew up. Okay. That is that is the summary. Nice. Um, now and then filmed in Savannah, Georgia. What? <laughs> here's how here's how I know. I promise I don't I don't just have a list. Um I started watching it and they're like, Indiana, my mom's from Indiana. My sister lives in, my mom's whole family lives in Indiana, including my sister and one of my, our good friends, Anna and her husband, Sam, mm-hmm. Anna and Sam, they're both our friends. Um, so I've spent a lot We're of my life- notes from Sam about that. I know. <laughs> um, I have, uh, I've spent a lot of time in Indiana and I get really specific about movies and houses because the type of houses and movies really show if they actually filmed in that state Mm, and so mm -hmm. indiana doesn't have a lot of second floors it just doesn't it's all it's a lot of ranch houses and if it does have second floors it's like 2000s and over so when they're like 1970s house and it shows a second floor i'm like that nope no 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 so i i googled where was it filmed and said savannah georgia and i was like there it is So you have a lot of thoughts. Let's just let's just get into the thoughts, Julie. Okay. Let, the whole movie, mm-hmm. like from the summary to the characters to the writing, they are so anti-Chrissy. Yeah. Like the amount of fat phobia towards her. Um, like there's one quote where they're like, get ready to make a mad dash. You better start now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's constantly leveraged against her. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not funny like if it's there for humor it's not funny it doesn't further the plot mm-hmm. and from a visual standpoint the actress that plays Chrissy like the actor that plays Chrissy is very similar in size to the other girls yeah so I think I, I think back to when I watched this and I, I don't remember how aware or, or you know I don't remember how aware I was of, of that, but like I look at the size that Chrissy was, and I'm like, oh, cool, cool. That's the size I was mm-hmm. at that age. So, 
that's the size I was when I watched this movie as a child. Like it just really got under my craw. Oh no, not the craw. (laughs) But even just like in that the movie summary, three strong women. Yeah. Like give Chrissy a break. (laughs) Yeah. I yeah. These were not they were not good friends to each other. No. No, and I I I had so many thoughts about this movie and like they revolve around that where I was like, what was happening? And and we just, you know, last week talked about Forrest Gump. They're like, what was happening in the 90s that this was all okay? Like how people treat each other. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was curious because now and then I, I sort of like pair it in my memory with the sandlot mm-hmm. which when I get an opportunity we gotta have a sports month so and I I choose now I'm calling it now sandlot and 42 um but that so that came first. out <laughs> that came out in 1993 mm-hmm. and now and then came out in 1995 yeah um when did mighty ducks come out because I think I'm on to something Mighty Ducks was 92. So uh-huh. you had this this run of, and Mighty Ducks became a series, but like you had this run of like, you know, male ensemble centered. I know we had Margaret Moreau in playing Connie in mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks, but you, you know, male centered sports, mm-hmm. um, nostalgia feeling films. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious if Now and Then was born out of that because the the actors in the film I mean, these were like power hitter, uh, young female actors of that era, you know, Gary yeah. Hoffman, Thora Birch, um, Christina Ricci. It, mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was born out of that and whoever, I don't know. I, I'm just so curious about the the writing and the choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to the very first scene, they're playing Red Rover and they cheat because in Red Rover, it is very commonly known that you always keep your hands at claspies. I'm sorry. I hold up. Yeah. You just said two bombshell things. One, it's commonly known in Red Rover. Yes. I have never played this game in my life. You've never played Red no. Rover. You've never also, been bruised like wrist to shoulder. No, I've never played Red Rover. And based on that narrative, I don't think I ever will. Bruised wrist to shoulder. Yeah. Also, use, you use the term claspies. Never heard of it. Claspies. I'm turning on my camera. So claspies is when your hands like interlace, like your fingers interlace. Claspies. Wait, I'm turning on my. Listeners, if she posts that picture on Instagram, uh, I, I record under a blanket right now because my podcast studio is being made. Um, uh, I will. I will yeah. post this on Instagram because you put me. We put me in charge of the posts. I know. <laughs> but what She's they do is they go. So much. I know. I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, but they do hand to elbow, which creates a firmer grip. And the whole thing with Red Rover is you, you uh, run forward as fast as you can, and you try to break the clasp. And so if you are sh- hand like hand to elbow, you have a better grasp 
because you have two fo forearms that you're like pounding against instead of like two wrists. Also, one of my friends broke her wrist during a thing of Red Rover. For oh my reasons. gosh, Laura. Yeah. What did you do when you, <laughs> when you played outside? We played wall ball. What's wall ball? It's a game where you have a tennis ball and you throw it at a wall. We also played box hockey. Did you play box hockey? No. Oh my gosh. Is that hockey with a box instead of a goal? So it's it's like I think it's born out of scrap wood. Um because okay. it's like it's even smaller. Um and it's like the the pocky puck is just like a little like block of wood, mm -hmm. like the size of like an alphabet letter. And then the hockey sticks are literally just like wood. Mm -hmm. And you like do like a clap, clip, clap, clip, clap, clip, and then you gotta hit it. And you're like it's you're playing it like hockey. You're not taking turns. It's amazing more people didn't get hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was like I remember we did like a craft camp and the poor the poor counselor. All, all this counselor wanted to do, which, which teach crafts and all oh. anyone wanted to do was play box hockey. I relate to that counselor so hard right now. <laughs> um, cause all I want to do is direct a show and man. Yeah. So anyway, these girls cheat at the very beginning of the movie and they keep, and it just like shows their character. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, and it's also like the the Sandlot Mighty Ducks comparison is like, let's make a nostalgia movie about women. And they're all kind of, and they're also, they don't like each other when they grow up either. You know what I mean? Like they're not very nice to each other when they grow up. So you I don't see that much growth. Oh, man, this is just going to prove your point. Um, I read an article... <laughs> oh did you google i wonder what you're gonna rate this movie <laughs> damn it i guess i do have a tell yeah um can't wait well, to play poker with you uh, no, no i have zero poker face but i was i was curious because yeah. i couldn't remember um that if roberta if that mm -hmm. character was gay um and and the and like only my initial like trying to remember was well, i know rosie o'donnell plays her and i know that rosie herself is lesbian but when i was watching the movie i was like they are leaning in so hard mm -hmm. to every stereotype of this character because roberta is the tomboy um roberta's mother passed away and she doesn't have a female figure in her life and I looked it up because I was like, I want to be really mad if they make this character gay, not because it would bother me, but because I feel like the messaging that they're sending is like, if you don't have a female figure, mm -hmm. if, if the child is, you know, just a little bit different, like, but the, um, if she doesn't wear a dress, right. But the screenwriter talks about it because the intention was that Roberta was gay and they changed it after screen testing. But she just she did say that it's like a self-described autobiographical movie. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I, I, I was, I was just rather torn about yeah. that. And that's not to say that, you know, someone whose mother passed away and, you know, that's not to say that that person can't be gay, but that's not what influenced, like that didn't make Roberta gay. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's hard when we talk about movies that were a while ago and with like a modern lens, because I, there is something really nice that like movies had to start with these very broad strokes like this is what this is Mm -hmm. um and i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not just saying this i'm saying like even just you think about like romantic structures and stuff like that like it has to start from like a pretty just to introduce it it has to be introduced in like i don't know in a in a Mm -hmm. 90s way right and then but it has to start somewhere and the fact that we are talking about almost anything now looking back at movies and going like, oh, I wish it was this or this or this Mm -hmm. is because we've grown as a society realizing what we did in the past was, was not all there. Like, okay, we've missed a few points we've done, you know, um, and, and it's hard because we, and even if you think about like our comedy and what used to be funny compared to now, and it's like, do, am I a shitty human that I thought that was funny a few years ago? Or I'm a shit, like, or mm-hmm, do, mm-hmm. I really used to like this movie. Why don't I like it now? Or does it say something? And it's like, no, we've just all grown. I think that if we looked back at a movie like this, talking about women growing up in the seventies and then who they were as women in the nineties and didn't have a, a couple big red flags, it would mean that we would be still in that same place. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah. So so it's hard, right? Because what you want to be like, oh, and, and think of it with this like big critical eye, but also giving, yeah, giving the writers a little bit of like, that's where we were then. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know where, what your 12-year-old summer was like. This might okay, be a big so take this... a shot episode. <laughs> no. Is this the summer before or after eighth grade? This is the summer before eighth grade. The summer before eighth grade, usually. Ugh. It was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> literally, like two days before seventh grade ended, mm-hmm. my parents told us we were moving to Virginia from Pennsylvania. Oh. And so we had to leave really quickly. Because my dad got a job transfer. We weren't like yeah. running from the law. Um, oh man, that would have made a better movie, but okay. <laughs> so they, while, so like my dad would go to work mm-hmm. um, and then my mom would go look at houses mm-hmm. and I, and my brother and I would like babysit my siblings. We were in a residence in um, for the entire summer. The only place near us that I could go was the Burlington Coat Factory. They're more than great coats. They are more than great coats. They got me through that summer. Thank you, Burlington <laughs> Coat Factory. Not a sponsor. Um, like, you know, it's one of those things where they were like, oh, and it's a residence in. So it's like we'll be living in an apartment together. It'll be so fun. Like my brother had a cot. There was a Murphy bed uh, that my sister and I shared. And I am sorry, Kristen. I said this to you then. 
I have said this several times at family events. My sister did not cut her toenails and she used them as a weapon to maintain (laughs) 70% of the bed. You know, you got to do what you got to do in a bed sharing situation. So that, (laughs) that was my illustrious summer Um, for eighth grade, which did not improve too much. I did make um, a friend that I really liked and I am still friends with today, Jeannie Lango, shout out to you. Um, and, I, and I made some other friends as well, like when I got to middle school, but mm-hmm. you know, what a sad summer. <laughs> it was a sad sack summer, you know, like yeah. nothing traumatic or tragic happened. It was just like- Like a transition. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, it was the summer, it was the summer of 1999. I promise that that is relevant for a second. So my friend Angel and I were still friends this day. Angel Przinsky, she just had her second baby. Um, shout out. Uh, but she, there was, um, we lived in town. I've always loved living in like within walking distance of a lot of things. And I feel like this summer is the reason why. My mom and my dad worked like all the time. Um, and so Angel and I would walk down to the local movie theater like every week and we would see a movie. And then we would go to the like the eleven o'clock movie, and then we go to the ice cream shop right after. Mm-hmm. It was a dream, but let me tell you the movies that were playing in the summer of nineteen ninety nine: The Mummy, The Iron uh, Giant, American uh, Pie, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Deep Blue Sea, Blair Witch Project, Blast from the Past, Lake Placid, Talented Mr. Ripley, A Midsummer Night's Dream, Passport to Paris, Olsen Twins, But I'm a Cheerleader, A Walk on the Moon. And the 13th year. What? <laughs> but yeah. Um, we need to shout out the most redeemable part of this movie. Is Brendan Fraser's in it? <laughs> I, I literally have a note that says, holy shit, I forgot Brendan Fraser is in this movie. It just got better. Oh, I just... I crush on him so hard still as an adult. Anytime he randomly appears in anything, I get the, like, my crush just walked in seventh Mm -hmm, grade feeling. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's no greater high in the world, I think, than that feeling of, like, do you remember, like, seventh or eighth grade when your crush would walk? And, like, you knew that they they had the same classes as you. Like, you knew it. so you knew they were coming into school that day or they weren't like they were sick, you know, but like every time they walked in, it just, oh, want to bottle that up. (laughs) But I get that with Brendan Fraser. And that, that scene is a really good scene too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, it's not more than it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And it's not less than it needed to be, but it needed to be there to deliver the message that parents lie, uh-huh. which is which is an important piece of information for Roberta. Uh-huh. Um, ugh, Christina Ricci is so good in this. Yeah, she's just a powerhouse, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still a powerhouse. Like yes, I I think what is cool ab- about this movie, where like there's there's inspiration porn that we talked about last week but there's also nostalgia porn and you see a lot you see so much of that in flashback movies 
And what's interesting about this movie is that like it's starting to like you can recognize that it does that every once in a while, but you can tell the writer is trying to dig out of that and throw in scenes like that. I'm going to make you do the rating system for this one. Okay, but I I I want to I want to get this one thing out. I know I'm give, I'm letting you know. Oh, you're letting me know, so I yeah. can. Okay. Yeah, but get your thing out. Not okay. that sounded grotesque. Tell me what yeah, you need to tell me. Um, well, it, the Christina Ricci made me think of this. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the you know kid version the kid actors did such a phenomenal job in creating characters these characters Mm -hmm. um and then i i to me the adults just basically played the like characters that they always play when they would get cast in movies of this era yeah Mm -hmm. like teeny was a great character she was a dreamer she had big hopes she had big dreams and I feel like Melanie Griffith played her as an airhead. And mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly acceptable that like people change and people develop, but that wasn't like, that wasn't like, oh, teeny change. She became, you know, you, you see the path that was just like, no, now she's dumb. Like you, you yeah. just made her a dumb character. Um, and like, you know, Rosie O'Donnell just played Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. um so you know roberta had her dialect right away in her accent <laughs> or, um but it just it it really it really sort of like irked me that the mm-hmm. kids had carried this movie and had done such phenomenal work mm-hmm. and then the adult versions was just like all right yep, we're on i'm demi more playing demi more doing demi more movies yeah well and what's interesting about like the branding and the tra- i watched the trailer uh of this is that they they link them together so instead of doing like all the adults and all the kids they're like so and so and so and so is teeny i forget Mm. the lineup but like Mm -hmm. so it felt like in the branding they were linking them together as like the these two people create this and even in the credits it was like as teeny you know and not young teeny adult teeny you know what i mean it's like teeny Mm -hmm. and they create so i I haven't seen this movie in a very, very, very long time because like I said, I was the size Chrissy was when I watched this movie and had like, oh, a lot of thoughts uh, and insecurities because of it. Um, And it was also about like my mom's age. So that's boring Um, And (laughs) when you're a kid. And so, but like you, you would feel like the director was also linking them and you could tell that the director had more time with the younger girls Mm-hmm. And more like, I don't know, affluence and creation of character than these other, more, like, more established just by age, not like all the younger girls have an impressive resume by the time they did this film. But they, I don't know, you could tell the director, like, either didn't have the time, you know, timing constraints. And so they were like, yeah, just do the lines. Or if he was trying to get a through line, there was no through line. Like, the other actors were not changing anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Laura. Uh-huh. Out of ten seances in the cemetery. Uh Old Town Cemetery, Savannah, Georgia. Yes. <laughs> um, what would you rate this movie? Um I'd give it a four. 
because I watched it. I had thoughts on it. Um, I'd give it a three, actually. I'm going to go down one. Um, I need to realize I'm allowed to not like things. Yes. And that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means that I don't particularly care for it. I'm going to give it a three. I watched it. I did not enjoy it as a nostalgia factor. I didn't really, I barely had any notes to send you because I was like, um, just like kind of Forrest Gump you had last time where I was like, I don't, ugh, ugh, what? Um, there was a lot note. of, huh? <laughs> I said I one note. <laughs> um, and I, there's a lot of like female tropes in here that gave me the icks. Um, I think it was, I think it was very good at its time. And I think that if you are a woman who had a childhood in this era and then was like, if you are a woman of this age, this probably is a very good, like a good movie to your heart. And I know that if they had one about growing up in the nineties and then who they are now in the 2022s, I'd watch it and love it probably my, the rest of my life. Right. Um, but for me, because I'm not that age, I didn't really connect with it. And there were things that I just didn't like about it, but I'm giving it a three because uh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I'll give it lower if there wasn't a Brendan. I mean, honestly, I mean, complete agreement to all of that. I mm-hmm. yeah, three for, for all of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the the four the four core the core four yeah they all they all did really really just wonderful work mm-hmm. um but i required justice for chrissy mm-hmm. child and adult yeah um <laughs> and and i i do i really appreciate what you are saying about you know where we were and where we are because i think about you know like the babysitters club yeah. Um, which I'm very sad they canceled. I loved that show. Um, but it's it's so it's such a demonstration of like the leaps and bounds and that adults writing kids in disagreement, it does often come across as like them being mean mm-hmm. versus them sorting out their emotions because they're not as highly developed. And I think that the babysitter club does a really great job of sort of unpacking kid the kid you know mm-hmm. youth disagreement the youths oh the youths so julie what are you looking forward to hmm. um so we are going on a trip in october <laughs> we're, we're planning very far ahead um but it's it's an international trip and when i was looking at flights it is there's there's no way to avoid a 10-hour travel day and like two flights mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the cost to upgrade to first class mm-hmm. for that 10 hours of traveling was 300 dollars. Mm-hmm. and in that moment it felt so worth it mm-hmm. uh it felt even more worth it when I realized that that means we can go into the Delta Lounge in three airports Ooh, as guests. The cookies so, alone. Um, so I, I'm going to be behind the curtain, behind the curtain of the Delta Lounge, everybody. Yes. Um, so I've, I've, I've never done first class. I, I don't even spring for the comfort plus seats. And my poor mm. husband is like six something. So this is a big deal. <laughs> 
I love first class. I um, have never as an adult, but like my, my dad worked for US Air RIP uh, and then American Airlines uh, when they bought US Air. Um, so we would fly non-rev, which means that like, if there was an empty seat, we would fly on it. So mm-hmm. my parents pre 9-11 would like wake up all five of us and be like, do you want to go to Disney World? And we'd fly down to Florida <gasps> and fly back up at the end of the day. Like, wow. Yeah. It was a very like, especially because we were, we were lower income. Like we just were, there were five of us, and, but we, because my, we would have the most amazing vacations. Like we'd fly to Washington for like, that's why I went to Alaska a couple of times. Like, because the flights were free mm-hmm. and sometimes we mm-hmm. wait more or whatever, but sometimes the only free, the only seats that are open are on first class. So every once in a while, like 10 year old me would get to um, get Manalo cookies. Is it Manalo? Milano cookies like in first class. And then they'd bring me orange juice. Oh, what a time. So I'm looking forward to, on a similar note, I'm probably talked about it a billion times, but it's like the thing. My trip to Ireland is like a month away. (laughs) And it's, well, it's Ireland, uh, England, and Scotland, 10 days. It's like a whole 14 day vacation by the time you put in like the travel days and all that. It's also the only time I've ever unplugged from the job I've had for six years, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Like fully, like no one can talk to me for two weeks. And, um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going with three, it's three single ladies going and it just, I'm, I'm excited to be in those countries, but I'm honestly just so excited to go on a trip where I'm not taking my laptop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be so nice. So, yeah. I hope you find your, your Bill Pullman when you're there. That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Uh, and I will, we already, the three of us have talked about our types so that we can mm-hmm. wing woman each other. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So we're, we've, we're leaning in heavy to like, if none of us come back, cause we're marrying people out there, it's fine. Um, <laughs> we are gonna a castle in Scotland or castle for Christmas, our lives very soon. Um, but yeah, so oh, look at us, look at us internationally traveling ladies. Um, where are you going? <laughs> you didn't say where you're going. Um, my friend Garrett. Oh, you know Garrett. I do. Yeah. So Garrett is uh hosting a yoga retreat. And so we're going to Mexico. <sighs> and we're staying in an eco resort. Uh I'm very excited. Um, because I think it'll be good for for Mike. And well, mm-hmm. obviously good for me too. But yeah. Um he he was like, Oh, I'll go. I'd I'd like to experience that. Like so like, yes. Yeah. Awesome. So cool. Well, uh, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, buy our merch. We have some really cool um, Fancy Daddy Bill Pullman fan club merch. <laughs> um, we're going to have to think of a Brendan Fraser fan club merch yes. as well. Because like, yeah, something about how a movie is made better with Brendan Fraser or something like that. Anyway, um, we hope that you are having a a great time spring spring for first class metaphorically whatever that means to you and
And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. The Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.